marketing, actually stashed, and actually attending. Oh, and actually hand-dyed. And I have a special guest today. So, hey, Jen. Hey, Becky. How are you? I'm good. So, everybody, this is my friend Jen, who is Jen knitting around in all of the fun places like Ravelry and Instagram, and she has a blog by the same title, and Jen is my friend who I met in person last summer. She came out to Colorado for a visit, and we had a fun, yarny adventure with my other friend Jen and with our mutual friend Emily, and then we hung at Rhinebeck, so, um, so welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so, I've been so excited to do this since we've been talking about it, so I think it's going to be really, really fun. It's always fun to have, you know, somebody else here to, to bounce things off, and you feel a little less, like, crazy person talking into the iPad. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to feel like a crazy person when I listen to it, though. Right. I'll hear my thoughts in my ears. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I know that you have some awesome finished objects. You were you were leaning into the crazy like I do a little bit. So I want to hear about your um, your cool finished projects that you just finished up. All right, well I just I finished two shawls this month, which is a little bit crazy for me. Uh, first, I finished the Arosa shawl, which is in the spring issue of Tom Tom Quarterly. It's actually the the shawl that's on the cover. If, if anyone's seen that. And uh, I saw it, and I fell in love with it. So I cast it on right away and then found out I was going to be a godmother. So I got the idea that I needed to wear the shawl to the christening. And so that gave me about four weeks to finish it. So uh, it was all hands on deck, and that was all I knit (laughs) for four weeks. And uh, I finished it and wore it off for all of ten minutes because – it turned out to be a hot and humid day, and uh, the baby fell asleep on me, and babies are little, like, human furnaces. So I had to get the shawl off of me because I was super hot. And, uh, but it turned out great, and uh, I used Hedgehog Skinny Singles in the dosed colorway, and then uh, for the edging, it was, uh, I used Boombox. So um, I love how that turned out. Awesome. Do you want to tell your tragic story about your blocking? Yeah, my tragic blocking story. Yes, very your sadly. Blocking story. I know. Uh, so I blocked it and I pinned it all out. And, and and actually, Becky and I were talking about being lazy with blocking. And that morning I was, which turned out to be a good thing. And I did not use my blocking wires. I just pinned it all out, left it for two days, went upstairs, pulled it off the blocking wires, and uh, two days later, I put it on, and I was driving to work, and I'm looking down at, it was a bright, sunny day, and I'm looking down at my shawl going, oh, I'm so awesome, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, there are spots all, like, all along the edge, what, what happened? So it turned out, I'm, and I still haven't quite figured out what happened, but along the whole top of the shawl, there are uh, little, like, rust marks from where the blocking pins were. So if anybody has any ideas, uh, feel free. I'm sure Becky will open a chat thread in her Ravelry group to let me know if you have any thoughts as to what I can do about that. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to curious, like, had, had you used these pins before? Like, did the pins look rusty? 
No, I, that's what a couple people asked me too, and I have used the pins before. And I actually, uh, I took the shawl to my knit night on Thursday, and a couple people mentioned that to me as well. So I haven't had a chance to go check the pins out. Um, one wow. of my friends at midnight is a dyer. Uh, she has an Etsy shop, and she mentioned that too, that if there was maybe just a little bit of rust on it, that maybe it, you know, transferred to the yarn. I mean, I always thought that they, like, like the walking pins were made of material that was specifically not supposed to rust, but I don't know, the whole thing is just tragic. It just makes me sad. I do. <laughs> it is. And I have to say that, uh, you know, nobody noticed, and of course I didn't have it on for real long at the um, christening, but I did wear it over the weekend. Um, I, I'm, I'm in Cleveland. I don't think we said that, but... I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, the Great Lakes Fiber Festival was, is always held on Memorial Day weekend. So I was there on Saturday, and I um, wore the shawl there. And, you know, again, no one noticed. I pointed it out to a million people, and they're like, you know, just pretend it's a speckle. I'm like, I know, but it's right. a <laughs> Thank you, Hedgehog, for being speckly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So well, I you'll have to keep me posted, yeah, because I was sad for you. I would be so sad. Um, I will. I rarely will. pin my stuff. Like I have mats and I have pins and I have blocking wires, but then I got really paranoid. Like I bought the blocking wires for that um, polygon blanket that I'm doing with the color work, and yes. it's hedgehog. And now I'm scared, <laughs> so I'm gonna have to do yeah. something with a swatch because I am not going through all of that. And then having <laughs> rough stains on my blanket. Although I guess I have blocked two of them. Now that I think about it, two of my hexagons I did already block. And I just have cheapy blocking pins from Nitpicks or somewhere. And, uh, and so far, so good. Yeah. Knock wood. Yeah, yeah. Well, that ghost is a real light colorway, too. So mm-hmm. uh, there's that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check everything out and see what I can figure Good. Good, good. All right, so tell us about the second one, because I don't have any finished up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing you had me on this week, then. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> so my second, yeah, my second finished object is uh, the Recho, I believe it's pronounced, shawl by Laura Ayler, and that has been on my needles for three years and a few days. <laughs> wow. And, uh, yeah, I pulled that out um, the Kino Knits podcast hosts a Graduate Your Stash Cal, which is going on right now, I think, through the end of June. Uh, but the point of it is to pull out your oldest stash or your oldest whip and graduate it to a finished object. So uh, it's a That's fun a uh, cow. Yeah, it's a great idea. It's a fun cow. And uh, so last year I got rid of my oldest stash, and uh, this year I, I have graduated my oldest whip. So uh, that used, that I used two balls of Connie wool, which is a like color changing. So uh, so it made uh, for great stripes. It's a shawl that's knit sort of. You end up having two sets of needles going because you're working from both sides, continually changing the angle of your garter stitch stripe. So it comes out very uh, geometrically and at it's a giant shawl, uh, but I'm happy to have it off the needles. I complained about it endlessly, so uh, 
So I'm sure my <laughs> midnight ones are happy that it's off my needles as well. They're glad too. <laughs> I'm <so> happy. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's good. Yeah. All right, so let's switch topics and talk about what's on our needles because I know when you were done, I, and I just went through the same thing, right? I finished that baby blanket that I was so excited about, but once it was done, I was like, yeah, I'm casting on all the things. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Um, so what's, your, what's on your needles now? Uh, well, as I'm talking to you, I'm knitting on the socks um, for, with the yarn that I bought when we were at my sister's knit, my sister knits last summer. So that was one. Is this the green? Yeah, the green. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm on the second sock, and uh, this is the sock that lives in my bag. So awesome. it, you know, comes and goes as to how much knitting gets done on it. Um, but that's a, I think it was scrumptious pearl, and it's a mm-hmm. like gray, black, sort of uh, soft striping colorway, and I got a bright green koigu for the. Skills and that's right. I remember. Oh, that's awesome. Very fun. Well, I, yeah. while we talk, I am finishing, not finishing, I am trying to get to the end of the body on my confetti sweater. So ah. I've seen this one. Yeah, it's a, it's a Vera Valimaki and it's a um, raglan pullover with like A-line shaping. And right. Stripes. It's like four stripes one and two stripes the other kind of color. And so I am, this is, it's Hedgehog. Um, and it's Oracle, which is a gray, mostly gray with um, kind of chartreuse and then sort of a berry pink and then jelly, which is just hot pink, just total hot pink. What's funny about it is, and I love it, the, um, the, there's so much variegation in the oracle color that the pink actually looks like the predominant color, even though it's the smaller stripes. So it's, it's really cute. It's turning out really, really cute. And it's so funny because yeah. I'm not even done knitting it, and I'm already like, I don't even know how it's going to fit or how it's going to look. Okay, I'm knitting like three more. <laughs> but I, it's funny. I don't know if you listen to the Yarniac. So they both yeah. got this sweater too. They both cast on about the same time I did. They both have already finished and have been wearing theirs um and gail's doing the same thing as me right so she's like so i cast on to find your fade or not to find your fade it's uh-huh. so faded the sweater version yeah and I, immediately i was like i'm gonna do that a-line chasing because i think it's gonna be really flattering right so not like boxy but not fitted either just kind of loose and quite a bit of ease in the body of the sweater i'm excited about that and um, yeah. and then I have another sweater that I want to rip back that I finished, which was the Ravello. So same sort of idea, top-down raglan pullover. Um, it's a little bit shorter than I wish it was, and I have some more yarn. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to rip back and make it longer anyways, I feel like this A-line shaping would be really flattering. And I don't mind knitting that yarn again. So I'm pretty excited about this one. So I have about an inch to go on the body, and then I've got to do some ribbing. And then it's just sleet. So I'm hoping to finish it up maybe this week. We'll see. Yeah, that sounds nice. I can't wait to see the finished object. Yeah, it's really pretty. So the yarn, I got the yarn at um, Longmont Yarn Shop. They... I got a gift certificate from an employee of mine who got a new job and sent me a, a gift card as like a thank you, which was 
super, just like sweet, totally made my day. And I was like, I'm going to go in tomorrow and buy some yarn. And then that night they got in a shipment of head <laughs> And I was there, like, as the door opened, I was like, hi, I have a gift card. I'm here to buy some head <laughs> It's nice to meet you. Please. Yeah, so that was pretty exciting. And it's really, I love the yarn. It's really, it's a lot of fun. So, so that one is on my needles. Um, and then I have a knitting attack, which I almost never have, right? But yeah. um, I, so I'm working on the So Faded sweater. That's my other one. I'm definitely on like a fingering weight sweater kick. Um, yeah. And so I am knitting the So Faded out of, hedgehog in the bounce colorway that I got for Christmas. So that's like a really what I would call like a neon turquoise because it would have to be turquoise but like really high steering and there's some, yeah it would. (laughs) And it's got (laughs) like chartreuse and then little speckles of black so it's really cute. And then the sock blank that I made with the kids at Easter and then um, some Wonderland yarns. That, so those are kind of my colors that I'm going to fade in. But I was, like, excited. That was my Mother's Day cast-on. I'm like, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what the Prairie Girl's saying. I'm going to do a Mother's Day cast-on. So I grab my yarn, and I sit down on Mother's Day, and I'm cranking away at my thing. And, like, two days later, I come back, and I'm like, something doesn't seem right here. Well, I didn't <laughs> – I mean, like, Jen, I didn't read the instructions even a little. <laughs> Like I read the, I read the stitch counts. Like my stitch markers were all in the right place. I didn't read the instructions at all. Like at all. <laughs> so you're not supposed to join it in the round, and I did. Then I was trying to convince myself that that was okay. That was not. That was never going to be okay. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, I'm sure. I'm like, no, it's actually not. And then I was knitting the whole thing in garter stitch in the round, which is, which is not even okay. right. It's not garter stitch. So it's stockinette. And then there's garter stitch on the sleeve, right? So it's like stockinette. And then just at the top of the sleeve, like the sleeve cap is garter. So it gives it just a little bit of, like, interest. Yeah. Like I totally. So I ripped back the whole thing, maybe, like, I don't know. Because I got all the way to the point where I would have been joining it in the round. And that was the only time that I realized that I was doing it wrong. It says join the round. I'm like, join the round? What are you talking Oh, my oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> I, but uh, uh, so I rip it all back. I start over. I'm cranking away. And then, I, and then I look at it at one point, and I had missed the pearl rose so that it had the garter on the sleeve. <laughs> And then I had to rip back, like, and you know, when you have something with a lot of markers in it, you can't just rip it back. You have to tink it back. And so, oh, yeah. Tink all the way back, right, to get back to the garter on the sleeve so that that's right. Like, okay. And then I, I get again to, like, the point where I started where it says, like, throwing it around. I'm like, okay, well, now I'm, now I'm doing it right. And I twisted that sucker twice. I was like, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> what is that? I was like, this is the universe telling me, don't cast on a new sweater. Go finish the confetti sweater. You're excited about that one. <laughs> so uh, I did get it joined without twisting, and I knit just, just enough to be, like, confident that I hadn't twisted it. And um, I'm really excited about it. But holy heck, I just really, 
I like. I was like, what is going on with my knitting? Because I, I don't usually have giant screw ups like that. I like to make lots of small screw ups, but never like something huge. I, just, I was like, you didn't read this at all. Well, and so, sometimes anyway. you just get those, like, mental, sometimes you just get those mental blocks, too, you know, like, you just, you start, you, you've got it in your head, and then it's hard to convince yourself to do it otherwise. Right. Well, and I have, this is the third pretty similar sweater that I've cast on recently, because I had that Ravello, and then the confetti, and then this one, and it just is, it's different construction, and it's clever how she does it. She does, you know, the beginning so that, you know, a lot of times on those raglan sweaters, it'll be, um, there's like short row shaping or something so that the back comes up your neck further, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. And so that's yes. what she's trying to accomplish with that piece of it. But I just wasn't, I just didn't read. I was like, shame on you, you just did not read. <laughs> like, it's good that this is pretty yarn and everything because, um, cause, yeah, I knit it several times. <laughs> I was going to say, well, good thing, because you've knitted a bunch of times now. (laughs) You're getting your money's worth out of that yarn. I am. I am. I'm getting a lot of value out of my beautiful turquoise hedgehog yarn. (laughs) (laughs) So so what what else is on your needles? Anything else? Uh, Yeah. So I, as we all do, get uh, very enabled by Instagram. And Mm -hmm. so... we follow this designer named Nicole Taveras, and a couple months ago she had posted pictures of a new design of this little uh, like rainbow baby sweater. So it has blocks of like rainbow colors separated by blocks of uh, like a very neutral gray, and it was super adorable. So I was kind of keeping my eye out for it, and lo and behold, a couple weeks ago she posted that this yarn store in Toronto was carrying kits, which I think I, I love, like, when something kind of striped like that and also a baby size to, you know, be able to buy a kit because then I don't have to buy full skeins of all these different colors and then have all this leftover yarn. So right. uh, I um, Instagrammed her and was like, oh, my gosh, can I get one of those in the United States? And she said, yes, absolutely. So I called the store, and here it turns out Nicole works at the store. And so she answered my call. So I got to talk to her directly, which um, she was very lovely, and she was super excited that I was so excited to buy her kit. And it came in a super cute box, with a, and it's all a Cascade Superwash, since it's a baby sweater. And it came with a you know larger hank of the gray, and then a purple, blue, green, yellow, orange, red. And it also came with coordinating buttons. So uh, it, was, it was great because now I don't have to go find rainbow buttons and everything's right. there. And uh, so it's for my goddaughter that just got christened. Her birthday's in October. Uh, I couldn't help myself. I had to cast it on immediately when I got the kit. I was so excited. So it's a top-down uh, raglan cardigan, um, knit back and forth. I'm not speaking anything anytime soon, people. No, I'm <laughs> afraid. You, I'm scared of speaking. <laughs> no, no, can't do it. So, yeah, so it's knit back and forth, and uh, it's a worsted weight, and it's super cute. I, I love it so much. I can't wait to uh, 
uh, see my goddaughter in it. She's gonna she's gonna look adorable. So that's awesome. Uh, Very fun. Isn't that fun knitting stuff for babies? So my cousin Toy knit all that stuff for babies due in four days. So I can't wait. I'm so uh, yeah. Well, and you know, here's the thing. Like when I like other p, I have you know other kids that I would have knit for, but my knitting skills weren't uh, what they are today. So, like, all those kids are big now, and I'm like, oh, but I want to knit all this little baby stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> going to knit all the things for her because her parents definitely appreciate it, and I love knitting for her. So, and I don't know if you have a lot of, um, I don't know if there's any other hockey people listening, but when I found Nicole Tavares, uh, you may recognize her last name. Her There's a hockey player in the NHL with the same last name. And I was a total geek when I talked to her on the phone and asked her if she was related to him. And I was like, <laughs> I <laughs> hate to be like a rude, rude American and think that all Canadians are related, but are you related to the hockey player? And she laughed. She was very nice. And she was like, people ask me that all the time. I live in Canada. So... And uh, she's like, I wish I was related to him, but I'm not. So <laughs> hysterical. <That's awesome. laughs> I know. I was like, oh, I don't know if I should ask this, but I'm gonna go for it. <laughs> that's cute. That's so funny. Very funny. All right, yeah. let's see. So that's all I've been working on. What about you? Anything else on your needles? No, that's pretty much it right now. That's it. That's good. So see, we were both gonna embrace the crazy, but we didn't. And we didn't go too 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 crazy. <laughs> not, not too bad. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about um, let's talk about stash. I um, I have been buying yarn. It's not surprising, but um, I have been buying yarn. <laughs> so I want to hear though. You were at a fiber festival, so I want to hear I about that. Yes. Yeah, so we have um, here in the uh, Northeast Ohio area, we have the Great Lakes Fiber Festival, uh, which actually really started out as a, it's a big show for um, sheep owners. So there's a big um, sheep sale and uh, there's a lot of, you know, actual sheep farmers and that kind of stuff. And uh, I first went to it, I don't know, probably nine or ten years ago. And the marketplace wasn't uh, fabulous. It was a lot of fleece and a lot of... Uh, Spinning, again, based on the fact that this was primarily a sheep show. And uh, so I stayed away for a few years and went back last year. And they've really started to expand the marketplace. And this year, it was super good. It was the most crowded I've ever seen it, which is fantastic. And uh, there was, like, lines to get – there was – like a long line of cars to get in. I've never been involved in a line of cars to get in the show. And uh, so it's really fun. I have a friend here in Cleveland who's a dyer. Her uh, shop is Destination Yarn, and all of her colorways are based on uh, places she's traveled to or um, been or, you know, they're all sort of place-based colorways. So she has a booth there. And she's also been at Stitches, you might have seen her at Stitches Midwest or Stitches West uh, this past year. And she, I know she's doing both those shows again this year. So she has a booth there. And uh, her booth house ended up having 
took, there were some scheduling issues. And when I got to her booth, I told her she was the Miss Babs of um, Ohio because her line was like 10 people deep to check out and you couldn't get near her booth. Wow. Yeah, which is super awesome. And uh, when I got to the checkout, I'm like, do you want me to stay and help? And she gave me a no with her mouth, but yes, please put your stuff down and stay with her eyes. <laughs> she didn't want to, you know, ruin my fiber festival experience, but I happened to be there by myself. None of my knitting buddies was, were able to go. So I said, look, I'm here by myself. I have a bottle of water. I, you know, I have everything I need. Let me just stay and help you. So uh, you know, I was talking to people in her booth and uh, people had driven from Michigan and the fairgrounds were located, um, they're about an hour south of Cleveland and just over an hour north of Columbus. So um, they're able to draw from most of the northern half of the state. So there were people from all over, uh, which was really fun. And uh, so, yeah, so I was buying yarn at her booth. That's how I started out. She had asked on Instagram what people wanted to see and I uh, was like, hey, you know what I really like is uh, she has a bunch of Ohio-based yarns, and I would love a mini skein set of those yarns so that I oh, could yeah, fun. send them in, like, swaps and, you know, thank you gifts and stuff. Um, I can send some Ohio-based yarns to, you know, people. And somebody else mentioned it, so she went with the idea. She figured if we were asking, she should do it. And uh, she sold out. Uh, those mini skein sets were gone by noon. So um, it was a great idea. It was a great idea. <laughs> Thank you. That's me. You're a genius. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, and then she always does a show exclusive colorway. So that went pretty fast. And she was pretty wiped out by the time I left on Saturday. So I got the mini skein set, and then she, um, to round out her Ohio collection, came out with a new colorway called Roller Coast because uh, Cedar Point is about an hour from Cleveland, and it's the roller coaster capital of the world. And so the colorway is really beautiful. It's got like the blue sky, and then it's got some darker blue because a lot of the roller coasters, if people aren't familiar with Cedar Point, it's right on the Lake Erie coast. So a lot of the roller coasters as you're going up the hills and down the hills, you get like flashes of the lake as you're riding them. So there's some darker blue for the lake and there's some splashes of yellow for the sun. And Cedar Point's colors are red and white. So there's some red and whites in there and uh, it's a really fun colorway. So I couldn't resist. I had to buy a whole skein of roller coast. Nice. So that was nice. And then, um, oh, and then so I, her, uh, my friend's mom finally showed up. So I went to grab some food and take a walk around. And uh, there's, a, we have a yarn truck here in Ohio called the Yarnbirds. And the Yarnbirds truck was at the festival. So it was the first time I actually gotten to see the truck in person and check it out. It's so cute. So it's basically a RV that they've converted into a mobile yarn store. So inside they have like a really cute little chandelier and the walls are lined with shelves and they've got a very nicely curated selection of yarns. 
uh, that they carry, some indie dyers, some, you know, larger dyers. Mm-hmm. So I ended up buying, they had a dyer there. I missed her, but, and I'm not going to remember the name of it. Uh, she's out of Pennsylvania, but she had really cute sock sets. So it was a full skein of yarn and then a mini skein to do the um, heels and toes. So uh, I bought, bought one of those sets there, and oh, I bought a set of little um, foldable little uh, snips that I, I haven't had, and uh, pretty excited about those. Uh, what else did I buy? Um, oh, I bought two mini skeins from Bitter Buffalo, who is out of Toledo, and she was new to me. She has some really cute little mini skeins, so I bought a few of her mini skeins. That was about it. What have you purchased lately, Becky? All right. Well, so um, I was trying to not buy yarn, (laughs) (laughs) but um, but it's been stressful here lately. (laughs) (laughs) So then I was like, you know what? This is kind of this arbitrary rule you put that you're not going to buy yarn, and it makes you feel better. You buy yarn, and self-care is important. So, um, so I bought myself a couple of things. Um, the first, I did a couple of clubs. I haven't done clubs in a while, um, and I was doing the Madeline Toss Club for a while, and then I stopped. Um, but the Hedgehog Club opened up on Mother's Day. Oh, naturally, right, like. Okay. Come on, it's Mother's Day, and uh, there's a hedgehog club opening, and I literally, like, I'm just going to see if it fits into my day, you know, because I think they sell out pretty quickly. I've never tried to get one before, but um, I was like, I'm just going to set an alarm on my phone so that I remember, whatever, and then I was literally, like, in Lowe's. <laughs> the thing went off, and I was like, I just need five minutes, <laughs> and then I'm, like, ordering the club on my phone. So... It's like this. It's a three-month club. I got the sock club, um, and it starts in June. So I think it's like June, July, August. I think it's two skeins a month, um, and that'll be fun because I pretty much love everything they do, and and so it'll all be surprise yarn, and I'm sure I'll be able to find something cool to do with it um, because it's hedgehog, and you always can. And I feel like I am. I'm super into these, um, you know, these mix and match things. I even like last night and again I'm like deciding that I love a sweater so much that I need two of them before I knit it right but last night I was digging through my stash and um, I have my Miss Babs minis that I bought at Rhinebeck that I haven't used yet and they were going to be a Melanie Berg doll and then I was like or I could throw in this beautiful gray that I just found in my stash and make that a so faded right so so I'm like, I'm very much feeling the like grab one skein and do something special, you know, like do something fun with it. So, so I did that one, and then the Madeline Tosh Club opened back up, and it was Yarn Club, not Sweater Club, and they had an option for speckles, and I was just kind of feeling the same way, like gosh, that could just be like a fun thing. You get to like the way that they do theirs, you vote on a picture, so they opened up this voting the other day for what the picture was. And sometimes people get grouchy because the picture that they like doesn't win or they don't like the picture that wins. But you can always find people that will take it off your hands if you don't like it kind of thing. But yeah, um, sure. I liked all the pictures. So, so 
so I signed up for that one, and that'll also be June, July, August. And I thought, you know what, this um, my work stress is not going to get any less. <laughs> and so then I'll just have little little treats coming in the mail. That's right. Oh, get me through, right? Because because uh, I'm I'm in for a stressful summer at work, and so. Um, yeah, and so then I got an email from Craftsy that they were having a big sale for their yarn. And I was like, you know, let me go look. Like, let me just go see kind of what they have. And I got a couple of incredible deals. So they had Toss Merino Light for $15 a skein, which was wow. crazy to me. Yeah, I was like, yeah. That's a deep discount on that. And so I got three skeins of that. I don't remember the name of the uh, turquoise that I bought, but it's more green. And then I got rainwater, which is a gray with some blue in it. I have a plan for that that I'll tell you about in a little while. But um, but I got two skeins of the gray and one of this turquoise. And then all of their dyeable yarn, which I think is actually kind of like their own label. I'm sh- like, I don't think any. Oh, yeah. Under their label. That was all 40% off. So um, I got, I've been looking, I've been stocking this pattern out of the Mad Color book. I'm a little obsessed with the yeah. Mad Color book. Um, yeah, well. And I'm on this blanket kick. But, but yeah, there's a beautiful <laughs> blanket in that book called um, Marley. And uh-huh. kind of a gradient looking the way that they knit a gradient-looking blanket. Um, and it's, you could do it out of anything, I think, anything from, like, DK up to, like, a bulky, up to a super bulky yarn. And their bulky yarn was on sale for something ridiculously cheap. And I was like, this could be fun, and then I could dye the yarn for it, and, like, would not be fun. Because I've never really done much. You know I me, mean? I'm kind of, like, in my kitchen, like, messing around, Never really done right. that where I've tried to do like a dye lot, you know, like, hey, I want this to be one project. So I bought hey. enough to do a pretty large blanket, but I'm pretty excited about it. And so that's my project this afternoon is gonna mix up some dye stock. I have one scene of it sitting in the um in the vinegar bath right now and then I'm gonna kinda try to get it and I'm just gonna do grey. I just want a beautiful, fluffy, thick grey beautiful blanket. That's what I want. So that's my that's my plan for that. And then their sock yarn that was dyeable was like it was like sixty dollars for ten skeins of fingering weight yarn. I was oh like, I'm in. I know. Right? Yeah. Like that's crazy. So I have plans for two of those today too, um, that I'm gonna play around with. But one of the things I want to do so I was at colorful yarns which is in South Denver. Did you get down to Colorful Yarns when you were here? I did not. Okay. Well, we need to do that the next time you come visit because it's great. She has a great selection of um, of indie dyers. And so the other night I was at Ikea. So I'm doing all this work in the yard. I put new garden beds in the yard and remulch. Oh, yeah. We had 10 yards of mulch delivered last weekend. Plus we built garden beds, all this stuff. But IKEA had these little, um, these little like solar lanterns that were super cute, uh-huh. you know, and then like IKEA price, so they were nice and cheap. And I, I needed a couple other things for the yard. I got a thing to make an herb garden and some stuff like that. So I was down at IKEA, and again, like I just I hadn't had a lot of like me time, and and I had 
been dealing with a lot of stress, whatever. And so I'm at Ikea, and then I realize, I think I'm only like 10 minutes away from Colorful Yarns. And I Google, oh, and they stay open until 8 o'clock on Tuesday night. So I was like, Mom is going to the yarn store. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the idea is really close to where I stay when I come out. So. Oh, well, it's right there. It was less than a 10-minute drive. So we got to make sure we do that the next time that you're here because yeah, for sure. Like I said, she's got a whole rack of like, a whole rack of Colorado dyers. It's all, you know, all my friends. She's got Nerd and Pete Blue Fields and Hugh Loco and all those. But then she's just got a huge selection of indie dyed stuff. Lots of stuff that you see on Instagram that you wouldn't find anywhere else in a yarn store around here anyways. She's got it all. So it was really fun. Right. But I was walking around for a long time with this skinny yarn in my hand that was like just this beautiful, vibrant, blue just like hard to even describe but just this really rich gorgeous like layered blue and so I'm going to play around today and see if I can't come up with something that I think has that same sort of vibrancy we'll see just to play around and then um yeah so that's kind of my plan and I was really good when I was there because I only bought I decided that for the so faded what I have is a set of minis, and I was like, that actually might be too much color, like too many color changes to do it with yeah. minis and the soft blank, which is not like one color, and the hedgehog. I'm like, that might be getting a bit much. So that my favorite color of the minis, they had that Wonderland yarn, and I ended up just buying one skein of that to use instead, and I'll find somewhere else to use the minis. Um, but I, I thought that was tremendous restraint when surrounded by all of that. She's just got a, it's only my second time I've ever been there because it's kind of south of me, but um, I was proud of myself for only buying one skein of yarn and I knew exactly what it's for. I had an exact intention for it. So, so that was pretty good. But yeah, so I've been on a little bit of a, a bender, but I'm, I don't know. I feel like I got some pretty good deals. <laughs> And literally, I was like, you know what? It's not, um, you know, is it the end of the world yeah. to buy a little bit of yarn? <laughs> no, it's not. I know. I know. Well, I tried to exercise some restraint at the festival because, uh, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, I'm headed off. Uh, I'm kind of going to be doing a European yarn crawl here in a few weeks. So uh, I was trying to pace myself. <laughs> So what my lie, what might lie ahead this month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's good. All right, so let's talk about attending and, like, whether you have any other events you're going to. Is there anything else coming up for you? Uh, well, I'm attending the uh, Into the Wool Cyber Retreat, which is in Tennessee oh, in September. And it's put on by the Just One More Row podcast host, Dana and um, the project bag. So, uh, so yeah, so it should be fun. It's just a low-key uh, event, I think. I haven't been before, but we'll find out. And uh, so, and yes, and then I'm attending, like I said, I'm doing my own European yarn crawl here in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to uh, Loop London and uh, Lost of Tay and Le Bien I think it's Ame. I don't know. I'll find out when I'm there. Who cares how it's pronounced, really? It's a right, yarn right. store in Paris. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, they have some beautiful yarn on Instagram, so I can't wait to uh, see that yarn in person. So, 
that's I think that's everything that I've got coming up. What about you? I have a couple things coming up. So next weekend, I'm taking a class with Stephen West. I'm so excited. So he's going to be at Fancy Tiger. Um, I think he's like friends with the Fancy Tiger girls. He was here last summer, but we were still in um, Hawaii, and he was here for like a anniversary party or something. Um, okay. And I missed it. And so he is teaching like all next weekend. So Friday night there's a um, there's a like shop and have a drink or whatever thing with him. But I, I guess there's still spots up, and I right now I'm not planning to go to that. Although I went to something like that with Stephen D last year, and it was fun. It was really fun. Um, and then my friend Sarah, who's the knitting type, who I always forget that you don't know. Since you know Emily, I, I always think that you also know Sarah. But anyways, so Sarah and I, I are gonna go and take his class on Saturday morning, and um, and we are going to. It's like the Marled Magic. So that was his um, his mystery knit along this year, which somehow completely missed my yeah. radar. Like I didn't know, know <laughs> how, how I was like, maybe this is a sign of how stressed out I am lately. Because how did I not know there was a Stephen West cow? How did that miss my radar? Um, so that's that's what I'm dying yarn for, right? So so Marl okay. Magic is one of those. It's like a big giant Stephen West shawl, although. Then I was poking around last night, and he just released a version of it that makes a sweater. And it's just going to be, like, oh. an enormous, you know what I mean? Like, probably wearing right. a couple of leggings kind of sweater, but, like, awesome. So yeah. I think I'm going to do the sweater version. There's also a dress version. It takes 3,800 yards of yarn, so that's probably not going to happen. But he, oh my he kind of encourages you to bring, like, seven skeins of yarn to this class. So that you have oh my lots God. of yarn to, like, play with. And, and it's all about, like, holding fingering weight yarn doubled so that it makes a cool, you know, fabric and, um, and oh, whatever. Yeah. So it's kind of about playing with color. So I'm bringing the two things of Tosh Marina Light that I just got from Crafty. And then I have a beautiful Manosteel Uruguay yarn that I got. It's Allegria in one of their solids. And I got that as a review yarn. And I've been looking for the thing to Put that in, so that's mm-hmm. going to go in there. And then I have a speckle that I dyed a while ago. It was like I was playing with a sock blank, and then the sock blank was too muted, and so then I just speckled over top of it, and it's got black and blue and some hot pink and some things like that in it. And then I have a, um, a thing of Madeline Tosh speckled yarn that I got for Christmas that kind of picks up some of those colors. And so then I'm going to dye this yarn today, and those will be my last two. So I'm going to try to recreate this really vibrant blue that I saw. And then I think I'm going to try to take the colors that I'm going to put into the really vibrant blue and make a speckle with those. So yeah. it's going to be like Caribbean blue over-dyed with green blue is the one that I'm going to use, and then a bright aqua. And so I'm going to make a speckle that kind of like partners with that and see how that turns okay. out. Okay. So the good news is in a sweater like this, if they don't turn out the way I want, that's okay because they'll be fine. But I also kind of have it in my head on the same, like I'm just on this kick, that if I like how that turned out, I might dye up four skeins and make enough to make another one of these confetti sweaters with blue in them oh, okay. as, the, as the stripe. So we'll see. We'll see if I like how it turns out. 
but um, but that's next Saturday. And then because I'll be downtown, um, there's a cute little shop around the corner from Fancy Tiger called Fabricless. And okay. she's been doing a lot more events and stuff lately. And she's doing a trunk show on Saturday with um, my friend Liz from Colorful Eclectic. So that's going on, I think, all day long. I think I'll be out of my class at 1, so I'll be able to scoot over there and see her. But I haven't ever bought any of Liz's yarn, and I really admire it. It's really pretty, really, like, fun colors and stuff. So that'll be fun. We'll just pop over there, you know, and, and see her and kind of support her while she does her little trunk show. And then the weekend after that is Estes Wool Market. So oh, right. It's a lot of, like, it's like my fun yarn couple of weeks here. Um, and I'm Wait, it's, it's on Friday and Saturday, but Sunday we're going to go up, all of us, and bring the kids and whatever and go to the wool market for a couple of hours. So that'll be fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, is he doing a salmon, salmon workshop, too, when he's at Fancy Tiger, Stephen West? The one that I'm going to is you could do either one of those shawls, I guess, because they must both use sort of that same sort of color theory. And that one is, yeah. I think, lace weight. And I, uh, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, for some reason, like eight skeins of finger weight sounds okay, but four skeins of lace weight had me terrified. <laughs> so, I know, I and know. I think this Why? Sunday class is being brioche. I was asking because uh, my I have a friend from my knit night here in Cleveland, uh, Jessica, and she moved out um, to, actually to your area, and she was in town this weekend, and she was talking about taking the. Simon class with Stephen B. West at, or Steve, yeah, Stephen West at uh, Fancy Tiger. So um, I think, I don't know if you'll be in the same class as her or not, but she's, she's making the Simon, so we were making color choices um, at midnight on Thursday when she stopped in. So, yeah. Awesome. I'll definitely have to uh, get her name and stuff because I, I think it is all one class. I think he's only teaching one okay. thing on Saturday, and it's one of, it's like, those two shawls. So that'll be fun. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. 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 So fun. All right. Good. Awesome. All right. Well, um, the only other thing I was going to ask you about is whether you stash dash. Do you stash dash? I don't stash dash. It's too, like, overwhelming for me to try to figure it all out. But um, are you stash dashing? Okay. Well, you know, I always kind of like halfway stash dash. Like I'm always like, I'm stash dashing, and then I never do. Um, but I think it's always kind of a good thing, at least for me, to make some plans. And I was looking at sort of like, okay, what are my knitting plans for the summer, and what would that get me to, like, yardage-wise, right? Like if I finished all these things. Right. So I think my goals are I'm, I want to finish the confetti sweater. I think I'll be done with that this week. I want to rip back that Ravello and re-knit the body. And that's just going to be stocking it in the round. And so I think that'll go pretty quickly. Um, right. That's, that's attainable, right, in the summer, like that I would finish that this summer. And then the So Faded, I would like to do that one. Um, and then I have one of my really old whips, which is the Boxy and Buttony by Hohi Locatelli. So it's yeah. similar to Boxy. It's a little bit... It's very different construction than boxy, and um, it's got a little more interest. Like, it's got a panel on the front. I don't think it's quite as much fabric as the boxy, and it's been on my needles for three years. Um, oh, gosh. But I keep the same sort of thing, right? So the construction is a little bit different, and you get to a point where you have to 
throwing in the round, and I twisted it, but good, like several times. Uh, One time I had two twists in it kind of thing. But I'm determined to get past that because then really that one is at a point where it would just be stocking it in the round plus the little panel, which is just, I think it's just ribbed. I don't even remember, like maybe twisted rib or something. So it wouldn't be hard to finish. And I love the yarn. I know that I've been ripping butter a lot, so I'm just kind of just Get that out, get past the point where it's going around, <laughs> and just keep going on it. So that one would be a good one to finish. And then I figure, like, I've got this Stephen West sweater that I'll cast on at the class, and maybe maybe I'll get that done, maybe I won't. And then the Easter West sweater would be the other thing that I would love to finish. I have literally about okay. an inch and a half <laughs> square knit on it. <laughs> But that's the yarn that I bought at Stitches, and that was a pattern from Interpretations 4 that I'm super excited about. So, so we'll see. Yeah. If I could get all those things done. I could get all those things done this summer. summer. I would have this wonderful fall sweater wardrobe. Right. You know, of would, for sure. sweaters. And literally, it's going to be rainy today. Like, I could wear – and I went to a party last night. I wore a fingering weight sweater. I mean, I can wear a fingering – weight sweater pretty much any time except July and August here. So, so that's pretty good. Yeah. So that's my plan. Those are my plans. All right. We'll see how it turns out. So, yeah, all I right. Have, well, kind of, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I'm just trying to finish uh, 17 and 17. So I have 17 oh, whips nice. at the start of the year and uh, I'm trying to work my way through all 17 of them. And uh, I'm trying to encourage myself by not letting myself cast anything on uh, till I finish five. So when I finish five, I cast on the Arosa shawl, and now I've finished ten, so I can cast on something else. So hopefully we'll make it through the bag of whips by the end of the year. So that's oh, kind that's of my, my own idea. little, like, thing. Yeah. So we'll see. That's good. Very good. Awesome. All right. Well, instead of a review this week, um, you and I are going to talk about tech editing. So um, it feels to me like it's been about a year now that you've been doing the tech editing thing. Um, But I would just love to hear more about, like, what tech editing is, how you got into it, um, you know, who you work with, some of that kind of stuff. Okay, sure. Yeah, so – uh, I started becoming, well, I was kind of interested in um, trying to figure out some way to be more involved in the fiber um, community. And I do not have the brain of a designer. I know that. I can't. That's just not my skill set. And uh, whatever you do with your dye pots is like a magical mystery to me. So those two avenues were not going to be for me. Uh, so I started doing some test knitting and uh, with thoughts of maybe getting, uh, doing some sample knitting, uh, that kind of thing. And then I started learning more and more about tech editing. And I thought, well, you know, now that's definitely something that's more up my alley. And I took a – but I didn't know uh, – I didn't know how you learned about it or became a tech – you know, I'm not going to just – I don't know. I'm just not the type of person that's going to say, hey, I'm a tech editor now. I decided that. 
So I was kind of keeping my eye out for things, and I saw, again, on Instagram, every knitter's kryptonite, I believe, um, a thing offered by Jolie from Jolie Creates, and she is a, actually a tech editor, and she teaches a class called Learn to Tech Edit. So uh, it was worked out to be good for me, and and uh, tech at it. And, uh, she, you know, teaches some other great things, and she's just super supportive. She has a, a Facebook group for designers, dyers, you know, anybody involved in the fiber industry on Facebook called the Wooly Hub. Um, feel free to check that out if that's of interest. But um, And at the same time, one of the people I was doing a lot of test knitting for was Mary from the Kino Knits podcast. And Mary and I were emailing back and forth one day about a test knit, and she was talking about maybe being interested in, you know, using a tech editor. And I told her I was maybe interested in being a tech editor. So she and I kind of uh, struck up some a deal and started working together, and I still do her tech editing. And basically what happens is when she finishes a pattern, I'll use her example. Uh, she emails it to me, and then what I do is I check it over both for typos and for knitting errors. So, you know, just the basic, you know, once over to make sure that everything's spelled right and all that stuff. Uh, you know, I kind of look at the format, and then, you know, I'll check the materials list. You know, did she list all the materials she to complete the pattern? You know, that would include buttons and stitch markers and, you know, anything else you might need, little supplies here or there to really um, get through the pattern. And then, you know, you check things like the abbreviation list or all the abbreviations she used in the pattern actually in her abbreviation list. And then you get to the kind of what I would say the meat of it and you start looking at the pattern. You know, we make sure, tech editor makes sure that, you know, the number of stitches used is the number of stitches on your needle, and uh, we make sure that, you know, it's the, the gauge is actually going to work out. And, again, you're looking for typos, like that there's not a, she forgot to knit two together, or, you, you know, missed a stitch here or there, used the wrong abbreviation. So that way, hopefully... When you, as a knitter, purchase the pattern, it's a pleasant knitting experience, and you're not, you know, getting frustrated because there's errors in the pattern. That's kind of uh, basically how the process works. So I feel like that takes a tremendous amount of skill because I, well, we already talked about how I don't read, but <laughs> but I feel like sometimes. I sit down with a pattern, and especially if it's something that has really unique construction, or I would think like garment patterns more than accessory patterns, sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like I have to take it on faith. Like I'm like, just knit what the words say, and it'll all work out okay, because sometimes I have a really <laughs> hard time. Even, I mean, I think of myself as a pretty experienced knitter, and every once in a while I'll be like, I don't... I really don't have any idea what's happening here. And usually it's because I'm, I'm skimming, I'm not reading, you know, deep enough, or I'm not, like, taking the time to really think through, like, what that would look like. But for me, 
I would, I would have to have hands on needles to really feel like, yes, I've checked this and I know that it's correct. I, I think beyond the, the typo piece, right, that part makes sense to me. But I'm not sure my brain would be wired to be like, oh, yeah, I can read this pattern and tell you that what you wrote down is going to produce the result that you said it would. You know what I mean? That to me feels like a real talent. So was that hard for you, or do you feel like – you kind of innately, well, like, that's how you approach patterns. And that's, it, that's exactly what I'm doing either. So the designer has already knit the pattern. So right. a lot of it I'm taking on faith that, too, too, like, I don't exactly know how it's going to knit up. But what I'm looking at, like, if you have a row that, you know, let's say is, like, you know, knit two and then yarn over, knit two together, yarn over, you know, knit seven, you know, something, something kind of complicated like that. You have to look, like, basically what I do is I look and see how many stitches did that use. So, you know, the yarn overs aren't using any stitches. So, you know, you have to count right. and see how many stitches are actually used and then how many stitches does that row result in. Because those numbers can be different, you know, if you're increasing or decreasing or whatever. So then when you start that next row, you have to make sure that whatever that row resulted in is what is being used in the second row. So you don't have, like, extra stitches that you're, like, I got to the end of the row, and now I have an extra stitch. Like, what do I do with this? Right. So, right. And then a lot of times, uh, you know, the, the designer will also use test knitters. So the test knitters are also the people that are out there actually reading the pattern and knitting it and making sure they're, they're more the ones that are making sure that, it actually comes out, you know, however it's supposed to come out. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas I'm more of, like, the detail girl. I don't know. I mean, there are some patterns I read, and I'm like, I have no idea. I'm like, what, what, what's going to happen here? <laughs> right. It all looks good. So, you know, go forth. And, uh, you know, some of the designers struggle with whether or not to have it test knit first or tech edit it first. And, you know, mm-hmm. each ends up with their own preference. But, you know, the, you know, a lot of people feel if you have a tech edit at first, then hopefully your test knitters have a better experience with it. So they're right. not getting quite the raw material that your tech editor is getting. So the test knitters will be more excited about knitting it and hopefully more uh, likely to, you know, share their great experience with your pattern. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of people I work with have it tech edited and then send it out to their test knitters. So um, do you have like a, like a bag of tricks, too, that you're starting to build up where you think, hey, you know, here are some things I would like always recommend to a designer. Like I know when I knit the, the Find Your Fade shawl, she came out with, you know, it wasn't like necessarily errata, but it was like an update to the pattern where uh-huh. she, at, she added stitch counts, right? So she'd say, okay, like when you get to the end of section whatever, you should have this many stitches. And I know that that's a lot of work, especially on things that involve sizing, but I mm-hmm. like that sanity check when I'm knitting, right? I like to be able to say, yeah, this, this feels like it's coming together the right way. And actually the way that Finder Fade did it was without like giving anything away, there's kind of like a center line that goes up, right? So you had a stitch marker in the middle and, there, and the okay. shawl itself ends up with kind of a line down the center. And so at the end of each section, it would be like, you have this many stitches, this many on the right, and that many on the left. 
and that way you could kind of tell that you were doing it right. Because at one point, like I said, I, sometimes I have a hard time being like, what's going to happen here? And it does come down to a point, and I was having trouble visualizing that in my head, and I was like, I don't, I feel like maybe this isn't going the way it's supposed to be going, except I know I'm following the pattern. And then having that where I could say, yep, okay, but my stitch counts match up. I've got 30 on the left and 70 on the right or whatever it was supposed to be, like, helps me a lot. So do you, do you make those kinds of recommendations and things to the designers, too, or, or how does that work? Well, you know, it totally depends on the designer. And, you know, a lot of the, um, the designer tech edit uh, relationship really is a, you know, it's a, it's a relationship. So, you know, sometimes you're really going to hit it off with the designer. You know, I've done a lot of work from Mary Kino Knit. So if there's something I see funky in one of her patterns, I have no problem. You know, like she and I have the type of relationship where I can say, hey, you know, have you thought about this or, you know, I don't know, you might want to think about this. You know, she's definitely open to that. You know, there's some designers that just don't want to hear that. You know, they're more yeah. interested in how they did it and that's how they did it. You know, I did have an experience with someone and, uh, you know, I said, well, I'm not exactly sure how you got this number, you know, using this. And, you know, the response I got was, well, I'm not using that. You should have asked me what I was using. So I don't know, that's kind of a chicken-egg thing. Well, you didn't say that that's what you were using, so how, based on I the know, numbers. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, I don't know which came first and which came second, but, you know, and clearly in that type of relationship, then, you know, I'm not really going to then make any more suggestions about how they should do it. Um, I've done some tech editing work for uh, Shana from Yumi Yarn that I know um, you are friends with as well. Yeah. and. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Shana's, you know, she's real good too. Like, you know, if I see something, uh, she's really easy to work with and her patterns are, you know, very well done. And um, so, you know, it that that just all depends. It depends on how much the designer is looking for and, uh, you know, what, what they're interested in, you know, getting out of their tech editing experience. So, and, I, you know, some of that too, you know, they might get some of that feedback too from their test knitters. So uh, right. who are actually sitting down and knitting the pattern um, yep. and going, you know what would be helpful here? Stitch count. Right, right. Well, and I think one of the interesting things, so that reminded me of two things, right? The, the patterns that I have enjoyed lately um, that I think, gosh, this seems like common sense because I've only seen it in this one place is, I don't know if you've knit any of Boston Jen's patterns, but she has little check boxes, right, so that you can I say really good yeah. about stitch counts and things like that, right, so that you can say you do 20 repeats of whatever, and there's 20 little boxes, and you can tick them off, and that way you can kind of keep track as you go, which is really nice, you know, especially if it's, you know, hey, you put it down, and you don't know where you picked it back up, and, you know, that kind of thing. I really like that. Um, and so she's really good about that. But I also think, you know, there's been there's always a discussion kind of in the knitting community, and I feel like Isolde used to get very passionate about this topic was, you know, this idea that um, people don't like to pay for patterns, right, but that right. a pattern that has been test knit, a pattern that has been tech edited, right, a pattern that maybe has professional photography and, you know, in-depth photography about the um, – 
aspects of the pattern that you might need more information on, right, that a photo might add more information to, you know, about how much value goes into that so that a well-written, test-knit, tech-edited pattern, you know, really does, is worth the investment of, you know, six, seven, eight dollars, whatever, whatever it might be. So I think that's an interesting, an interesting thing too, because in the world of Ravelry, where anybody can put a pattern up there and and go on their way, you want to know that you're getting something high quality, something that's going to be easy to knit, because easy to knit is fun to knit, right? And something where you're struggling is less fun. <laughs> right, and you know, I said that uh, I I actually uh, did an interview with uh, Mary from Kino Knits. And she and I were talking about this exact point. And what, you know, what I said to her and what I say to anyone that asks is, you know, first of all, you know, we can't even imagine how much time the designer puts in to designing. If you listen to Mary's podcast or if you listen to Imagine Landscapes, which is Sarah Shira, um, who does a lot of designing, they, they both um, on their podcast talk a lot about their sort of design journeys. And, you know, it's not like you just sit down and, you know, out pop the shawl or out pop the sweater. Right. You know, they spend a lot of hours, you know, figuring out how to do that. And then if they hire a tech editor, that's actually money out of their pocket. I mean, it's one thing for you to spend your own time, you know, like, you know, to value your own hours. But then when you're actually outputting money to a tech editor, right. you know, that that's just, you know, off the bat, they're already in the hole, not only for their own work, but for whatever they paid the tech editor. And as you mentioned, too, if they, you know, for whatever reason, if they, you know, pay a professional photographer, you know, that's all money out of their pocket before they've even released the pattern. So, right. you know, when you look at a pattern and see that it's been tech edited and tested, then, you know, the fact that they're charging you $7 for it, you know, really, that's not covering, that's not even beginning to cover their costs. Like, you know, they have to sell, right. you know, however many, you know, a hundred of them. There's to, a break you know. point, right, exactly. Exactly, yeah. yep. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. And I think it's one of those things that, um, you know, you um, you build up, like, trust with certain designers, right, to know, like, okay. Right however many of this person's thing, or gosh, I know just one of this person's thing, but the pattern was clear, the pattern was well-written, you know, that kind of thing. It makes me think, too, of that Kate Atherley book that I reviewed that she re-released, yeah. but that's a really fun one about, like, having a style sheet and, you know, what are all the things that you need to include in, in the pattern, you know, it's... Um, I, I always remember, this will sound like a dumb story, <laughs> but I remember this assignment in elementary school where um, it was about, like, writing clear instructions, right? And you were supposed to, we had this assignment, you were supposed to write instructions and be, like, super specific so that somebody could follow along and they were only going to do exactly what you told them to do. And the assignment was, like, make a PB&J, right? <laughs> and so literally, and the teacher would take your instructions and then do exactly what they said. And so if it said, I, I just, you know, you get these visuals in your head and I can picture like my third grade teacher, but the instruction was like, put the peanut butter on the bread. And so she picked up the jar of peanut butter and put it on the loaf of bread. And was like, yeah. just make a PB&J, right? But it's kind right. of that, that sort of element, right, of like how do you make sure that that just because it makes sense in your head as you're writing it down, that it translates into something that somebody could, could use, right? 
Right. And, you know, sometimes it results in, you know, some discussions back and forth because just like you were saying with your um, sweater that, you know, you didn't read the instructions for, you know, sometimes you just get a mind block. And so, and that will happen both with the tech editor and the designer. You know, I've had it where, like, we've gone back and forth. Like, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. And the designer's like, yes, it does. And, you know, but that thorough discussion of it, the end, it definitely makes sense. And, you know, regardless of who wasn't reading what correctly, at least that, you know, the, any sort of sense of confusion that might have been there is taken out. You know, I mean, the other thing we do, too, is right. check the chart. So if there's a, you know, a chart that's included with the, the pattern, you know, we, one, make sure that the chart is written correctly, and two, make sure that the chart matches the written directions. Because sometimes, yeah. you know, things get a little off. I, I know I looked at one, and... Uh, the designer just had an extra repeat in the chart that hadn't gotten cut out. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just little things like that that, you know, like you said, you just, you know, if somebody doesn't think of and until it's too late and it's in front of somebody else's eyes and they're trying to replicate it. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of, that's, you know, that's, that's what you're getting. And, you know, hopefully, like you said, making it a more enjoyable knitting experience for everyone. You know, I tend to work with um, sort of smaller designers at this point who are just getting into tech editing. Um, You know, and I try to make it affordable, you know, from my end. So, you know, if they're just trying it out or want to see how it works, you know, but they're not, you know, Hoagie Locatelli who's selling a bazillion patterns every day, you know, they can still... Um, you know, afford the service and, you know, maybe hopefully increase their pattern sales. That's awesome. So where can people find you if they're interested in hiring a tech editor or, like, learning more about tech editing? Where's the best place for people to get in touch? Sure. Um, I think you mentioned at the beginning I'm Jen knitting around on both Ravelry and Instagram. Uh, those are the two places I hang out most often. So, you know, feel free to message me on either one of those. Uh, my website is www.jenknittingaround.com, and there is a page on there about the knitting services I offer. That also contains my blog, and uh, my blog is a little bit uh, on a little bit of a hiatus for the month of June, uh, and but hopefully uh, we'll be back up and running in July with a bunch of fun stuff. And, uh, oh, and if you want, you can email me at jenknittingaround at gmail.com. And I'm happy to answer any questions. And, you know, also if you just want to talk, um, you know, I know I've had a couple of designers contact me who just kind of were curious and wanted to know, you know, different things. And uh, I did a couple of tech edits for Genuine Knits. Who hosts the Oh yeah, see all these people I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Color and Life podcast. She um, saw some of my posts on Instagram and you know, she and I actually ended up getting on the phone just chatting a little bit about it, you know, about what her patterns were and uh, so I did a couple of uh, um, just basic edits on her um, patterns she released a couple months ago. And uh, so yeah, so I'm happy to just to chat if you want to know more and about it. Um, those are the best ways to get a hold of me. Awesome. All right. Well, this was so fun. I'm so glad we got to catch up. And um, 
and it was I really appreciate you coming on and, and chatting with me and I hope that you have a great time in Europe and Thank I you. hope that um I can't wait to hear all about it, and I hope that you make it out here again this summer, and we can go on another knitting date because that would be that would be really super fun. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. I'll keep you posted. So, guys, I hope that you enjoyed that episode with my great friend Jen. Um, it took me a little while to get it posted and everything but I think it was worth the wait. So uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'll be back really soon with another one because I did take a while editing this one and I've had some great yarny adventures in the meantime, but I just wanted to pop in here and say thank you for listening. Um, if you're looking to connect with me, show notes will be on knitactuallypodcast.com and you can always find me on um Instagram and Facebook and Twitter as Knit Actually Podcast. So until next time, happy knitting. Thanks for hanging out, you guys.